In this episode, you're going to learn how to reduce tension when closing deals, how to create urgency when closing, and the best closing technique. The How to Sell is a podcast helping B2B sellers generate more leads and close more deals. Welcome back to another episode of the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, thanks for joining us for what will be a very actionable episode. And if you're a first-time listener, thank you very much for showing up. We hope you take away some actionable insights that will help you create and close more deals. And as always, if you're a long-time listener, thank you for showing up and supporting our community. And don't forget to hit subscribe on wherever you're listening or watching this podcast so that you can get new podcasts sent to you as soon as we go live. And I need to bring in the co-host of the show, Dave. Welcome to another episode. Thanks, Luigi. It's awesome. And I am pumped to be back on another episode. Well, everyone, Dave's pumped because his football team, Chelsea, actually won a game this week. We're, on, we're and, back. Uh, we're back. We're on the rise. On the rise. C- can you just remind us, because last week we had a gap, um, what's the score last week? I, I don't know. I've, I've only got last game syndrome. <laughs> You're only as good as your last game and we won 3-2 to Brighton, so I'll take it. 3-2 to Brighton. So you know you're doing great when you're 10th and you win against a club that spends like I don't know. Just for, for the sales world, the example because we used Salesforce as an example last time. This is so a great. This like is a great. Using, this is okay. I know where you're going here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Chelsea's like Salesforce, right? So they're the, they're the they're the Salesforce with all the spend, the big team, training field, and they played a team that's like. <sighs> Let's think. They're a Series A startup that just raised a million dollars <laughs> and well, they that won. Just, that that's just fantastic. Shows, <laughs> it just shows you that it's not always the team or the company with the biggest budget and the biggest team that can win championships. Am I right? You're right. And that, that's a perfect segue actually into this exactly. week's episode because we've, we've got a really tactical episode. I know that the last one we had is tactical as well and and that's what we're aiming to do with this podcast, right? We're aiming to really give some tactical, actionable bite-sized um, learnings that our community can take away and implement immediately. And, you know, with, with the, the, the last, it's the last quarter for some, um, well, you know, it's, it's the end, end of the quarter for many, well, for everyone, mm-hmm. and a lot of trying to close deals. So we thought we'd chat about how to close deals, how to close more deals um, and try to end the year in a high. It's a great topic, yeah. Like you see all these blog posts and articles talking about here are the best closing techniques that, that you should use. And so I'm really interested, Louis, on, you know, yep. you're a master of the game. You've been in, in, a, in a long, long time. I'm not making you sound old. I've got more gray hairs <laughs> than you. Oh, look at it. So, it, but your beard is a bit gray. Um, <laughs> talk us through, you know, you've closed hundreds of millions of dollars of deals. Yep. You know, what are the, the go-to tactics, strategies that you refer to all the time when you're looking at this. Yeah. So look, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. When I first started my career, um, obviously I bought books on this stuff, listened to Brian Tracy. There was a lot of great copy or content that I found around, you know, how to close deals. And you'd see the option close, which you'd give people an option, which, you know, it's, it's still an effective um, technique today. Um, you give people a couple of options. And then I also read about, you know, closing techniques like the decoy effect, which mm-hmm. was, um, you know, you, you really want them to choose from one of the two options, but you'll provide a, a third option that's um, uh, uh, n- not as good. You know, it's an inferior option. And they usually push that aside and make a decision on the two, right? 
Um, there's the Benjamin Franklin clothes. We all heard of that one where you put the pen and I mean, there's all these techniques, but, and you know what, did I use some of them earlier in my career? Yes, I did. However, as I started to work on bigger deals, I realized those type of tactics were not tactics that were going to yield a result for me, especially when you're dealing with complex B2B sales. How did they make you feel? Look, did you feel a bit icky after making like a um, false uh, urgency type thing or? Yeah, look, it's interesting. And, and you know what? When I reflect on did I close deals using, um, you know, the, you know, an event like a date, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a compelling event to say, hey, you know, our resources are going to be allocated if we don't um, or, you know, this offer ends and all that sort of stuff, right? I think, did I use them to close? Yes, I did. Were they effective? Yes, they were. But, you know, as I started to really understand the ethics sitting behind what a true professional does, I started to realize that, you know what, if my resources weren't going to be allocated to another project and we had an abundance of resources and I'm using that as a tactic, in the event, what if they found out? Like what if they actually spoke to these resources and they said, no, I've got nothing on, right? Mm. It would just create distrust and I wouldn't be able to get any upsell. And it's just for me, that was not the right right thing to do. Um, you know, so there's, as I started really understanding, because I didn't understand, I didn't understand, you know, I was a salesperson at one stage in my career. I wasn't a professional. But then as I started to really build out my own sort of charter, what are the things that I want to be known for? when dealing with my clients, I really, I really learned that, um, you know what, it's important to be transparent and to be truthful in the sales process. Yeah. More than anything. Right. So, um, now do we, do I use closing techniques now like option close? Yes, because options are a valid, it's a valid process. It's a great way to get somebody to make a decision and you're putting them, you're making it about them. And this is the first thing I want to talk about. So how do you reduce tension when closing, right? Because that's one of the key things we want. So we want our listeners and what our audience to take away. The first way to reduce tension while closing is you've got to do a good discovery, right? Now, for everybody's like, what do you mean you got to do a good discovery? And that's just, you know, basic 101. But a lot of the time when you actually try to close, you're trying to get them to a point of decision but if you haven't done a decent discovery and you haven't built up the ROI, the business case, and reverse engineered the, the date. So this is why it's important when you're doing your initial due, due diligence, right, with the prospect and with the buying committee, it's important to understand the when period. Like when does this initiative have to be put in place? And we spoke about this on our last on our last episode. But if you don't know the when, then you can't actually engineer the pathway to get there, right? So you've got to have, there's got to be like a project plan. Mm -hmm. These are the steps we need to take to achieve these outcomes. Now you reduce tension by ensuring that everybody's on the same page, by making sure you've got a really strong business case, right? Yep. And you've, you've gone through that process first. So by the time you get to that point of closing the deal, what you're doing, and this is what will help create urgency, is you're using their dates, you're using their priorities as the reason for bringing this to a close, yeah? That's a great point. And on the business case, we're going to link into this episode, the master, the business case masterclass episode we did a few weeks back in case you need to revisit that. Yeah. But can you also talk about the option closing? Uh, so I understand that, right? Like how, how does that work and apply it to like a SaaS company or a service-based business? Yeah, because 
you know, when you're going through the discovery process and what you're doing is you're trying to get an understanding of what are the options, like what are the things that they want to achieve? And once you've got clarity of what they want to achieve, you're able to say, okay, let me put a couple of options for you based on what you've shared. Now, options could be budgetary options. So you could say, hey, based on what you've shared, there's two ways in which we could tackle this problem. And these two ways, you know, have an, a, a different costs associated to it or a different investment summary. This is the other thing. Language is really important. When you use price and cost, it, they see it and they go price and cost versus investment summary. That's why I love to put, and you've seen our proposals, Dave. Yeah. We put investment summary, right? Because when you put investment summary, it changes their mindset over what they're about to do. Yeah. Because investment will give them a return. Yeah. So I often, you know, in taking into consideration where they're at is put a couple of options. You might say, hey, this is option A. Say it's a service-based we allocate X resources, this is the timeline, and this is the investment associated. We could allocate less resources, um, you know, but it might take a bit longer, but this is the investment summary that's associated. And what you're doing is you're giving them the power to make the decision. Mm -hmm. Now, they might say, well, actually, Luigi, um, this is great, but these are some non-negotiables we actually have to have. And, and you'd find that out in the discovery process, right? Um, because often if they do push back and say, hey, you know, price is an issue, then you can actually ask them a question. If you're looking at price, you can say, well, based on what I've put in front of you, what are the things that you must have and what are the things that we could probably take off? Because if you just go straight to discount and say, hey, I'll discount this deal, right? You're kind of devaluing your product. But if you say, hey, can completely understand, you know, you want to invest a little bit less, Let's have a look at the option here and what can we take out, mm -hmm. right? And if they say, well, we can't, these are, these are non-negotiables, but these are the things that we could probably maybe do a little bit differently. And, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into an objection masterclass, right? But again, options give people control. It gives them a sense of, yes, I'm controlling and I'm, and, and, and I'm co-creating. So if they've co-created the business case, they've been part of the business case creation process, They've actually helped create the proposal. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes a lot of sense now. And I can, you know, if we bring up ourselves, like the way we give options rather than, you know, we hate discounts. We, we never like yeah. to give that. We give them an option of they can either pay it up front or they can pay it over a certain mm -hmm. amount of months. And it gives, the, yeah. it gives them the control to manage their budget as well. Yeah. And you've also got to take into consideration, this is why closing is a, there's a few more nuances than just options, like depending on the social style. So if you look at DISC, right, if they're a driver, they want options because they want to have full control. Like it's their their personality profile. It's yeah. an observable behavior. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to make the decision, right? But if you're dealing with a with a more of an influential buyer, like an influencer, it's more of an assumptive close, right? It's more you've built that relationship. You've got the agreement of the buying committee and you, you can just move to that point of assumption to say, you know, this is – this is what we've you've suggested we should be doing next step. So let's just move forward, right? Yeah. Um, again, if it's a C, if you're dealing with a CFO, you know, or somebody that's that's very conscientious um, and very analytical, then you've got to make sure you've got a lot of detail there, and you're seeking permission before progressing. Yeah, this is a big thing. Like for C's, you know, task tension will rise when it gets to that point of decision. And they want to make sure because they're very, very accurate. They don't want any mistakes, mm -hmm. right? So this is where 
you need to use your consultative selling skills and make sure you check to confirm they're comfortable before progressing. So asking questions and drawing out those concerns before progressing because if you don't, their task tension will kick in. If you try to push them forward to close, they'll feel like, you know what, you're only trying to meet your needs. They can so feel then that, what yeah. happens is no, relationship tension kicks in. Yeah. Sorry? I said they can feel that when you're pushing Correct. for the close. If, if you try to push too much, especially a conscientious buyer, mm. if you're trying to push them too much, they'll feel like, you know what, you're, this is not about me now. Relationship tension kicks up, kicks in, and trust is broken. Yeah. Right? And then the deal will completely stall. So, you know, just to go back, how do you create tension, you know, how to reduce that tension? It just depending on the type of person that you're dealing with, you've got to deal with them a little bit differently. You've got to adapt your style, right? Some, it's more assumptive. Others, it's option-based. Others, it's check-in, asking questions and clarifying that they're okay before progressing, right? And, you know, I've used this. I've said to CFOs, I've said, hey, based on what I've shared, do you have any concerns or are you comfortable to move forward? They say, I have some concerns. That's fine. That's great. Mm. Do you mind me asking? What are those concerns that you'd like me to address? I need you to address A, B, C. Great. You address A, B, C. Then once they're addressed, you then try again. I was going to say, this sounds like uh, next week's episode is going to be on disk (laughs) and profiling because that's a great one. Yeah. But it's really important, Dave, because – you know, they will have – you've got to treat them differently. Not You cannot – you know, this is where Dr. Tony Alexandra's platinum rule kicks in. Treat others the way they want to be treated. Don't treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Because in selling, it's not about us. Our prospect, our clients are the hero of the equation, yeah? And so that's why we've got to adapt our style and make sure we are, we are um, giving each of the people that we're dealing with what they need. It's not about us, Right? And, and again, that's how you reduce the tension because depending on the social style, you'll adapt your style to give them what they need. That'll reduce that tension. To create urgency, it's all about the project implementation date. It's not about our date. We are just there, and, and I've said this in the last episode, we are there to facilitate an outcome. We're there to facilitate a process for them to achieve an outcome. So we need to make sure we've got clarity over implementation dates, right? Milestone dates. And by asking questions around if this doesn't progress today, what will be the impact to this X milestone, right? Consider the impact of not meeting this milestone. So that's also an objection handling technique, right? Or, you know, managing objections. So the, you create urgency by connecting the timeline to the project, right? And the best closing technique, <laughs> the absolute best closing technique that we can use, right? Hit us, Louis. Is running a very good discovery, and, you know, you might be going, oh, my God, that's not a technique, but it absolutely is a technique. And I'll tell you why. Because if your business case hasn't got enough basis for the project, it hasn't got enough ROI, it hasn't got enough, like you have, you're not clear about the desired outcome they're seeking to achieve, no matter what closing technique you use, you will not get the entire buying committee across the line. And this is a difference. And you know, the big shift that we've seen in the last five years in selling, even smaller deals, 10 to 50K, right? Which in most cases, historically, there was only, you know, one person could sign that off with ease. Hmm. There's more than one person involved in that decision-making process. 
So even if you try those techniques, now obviously consumer sales is very different, right? A lot of these techniques still work. Yeah. You go to jewelry stores, they are still using the techniques, right? The decoy effect is often used in jewelry um, in jewelry in sales. We see it all the time, right? The consumer sales, this is the difference between consumer and, and B2B sales. B2B, there's a lot more people involved. So those techniques, if the business case isn't strong enough, won't get traction and won't get progression. So if you want the best technique, go back to your business case. Have a look at the detail of the business case. Is there a strong enough ROI? Have you defined the risks associated with the opportunity? Have you mapped out the, the account and defined who's on board, who might not be on board, right? That is the best technique that you can use to close more deals. And if you're struggling to push the deal further, then it's because you haven't done a great discovery Correct. call, right? Yep. Because the business case will drive progression. Will we? Another great episode. For those that are listening, I'd love for you, and that's right, I'm talking to you, sign up, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to, and also sign up to our newsletter. The link is in this podcast. And the reason why you want to sign up to that is that with every week when we drop this episode, we outline the nuggets that Luigi discovers here and shares with the audience. So you get that in a nice condensed written form every week in your inbox with a link back to the podcast that you can reference whenever you need. So until next time, we'll see you next week on How to Sell.